0: Life if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasures stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life.
1: Welcome back again, Mike. Hey Ray. We had a good time in our last one, and you know, Mike, uh just I'm excited about these new Uh, guest edition discussions that we have because the podcast that you were on Mm -hmm. for a week, it got more plays than anything else. Oh, neat. I guess there's something about you and I talking that people (laughs) like, (laughs) so that's good. Anyway, uh, you know, friends, today uh, we want to talk about something that is a big predominant problem in our society today, and that is on the basis of arguing. Arguing, it's a big problem, in it, Mike? Yes. it's everybody, Would you say most people are doing it?
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, with the rampant attitude of everything for me, what fulfills me, what meets my needs, it being so prevalent in our day, I think we see it as a uh, very large source of the contention between family members, neighbors, f- friends societies, ethnic groups, on and on and on.
1: You know, and I think a lot of this is driven by politics. You're either Democrat or you're Republican. And if you're Republican, you're mad at the Democrats. If you're Democrat, Mm -hmm. you're mad at the Republicans. And nobody's going to listen to the other side. Nobody's going to agree. You turn on reality TV and it's based around putting people in a house to get them to want to fight about something. Mm -hmm. They call each other names and they get in these stupid kindergarten arguments and they beat each other to a pulp to make them see I'm right, and this is entertainment, and this is what we call entertainment. <laughs> and some some people watch this for some crazy reason. I I can't stand it, but and, it is effect, affecting our culture, right? And you know, the question
0: I w- a lot of times try to look at is is this is is this just a surface uh, effect of something deeper? You know, sure. Where is this coming from? It's a sin problem, right? Um, if I can, um, I'd like to share. Uh, verse that I've become uh, familiar with over the years that I think gives a good clue as to why we see this so prevalent in our day. It's in the book of James, uh, chapter four, and verses, I think, one through six or seven. And this is uh, James writing to the church of all places. And he writes, where do the wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members you lust and do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain you fight and war you do not have because you do not ask you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, The spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy, but it gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I just think it's important to understand that as we begin, because it's like any problem. You know, what's half of the answer to any issue, any problem? What is the source of the problem? When you do troubleshooting, whether it's professionally, whether it's health, whether it's mechanical, whether it's radio. You were in radio for a number of years. Yes, I was. How can you fix it if you don't know the source of the problem? Pride. That's what James says is a source of all this enmity between people, which enmity means uh, difficulty between each other or, or struggle or arguing.
1: Yes. And you know, I, I found it interesting how you brought that verse up. And you notice friends that who, my beloved listeners out there, you notice that we got quick into the Bible. Mike actually was the first one to jump in the Bible today. And I'm glad of that because we want you to know this is not our opinion. This is coming from the word of God. But what I like how you said, Mike, is that it comes from our members and what the Bible means by members is. It means your flesh. Right. And we have to understand we are made of three different components. We have a flesh, we have a mind, and we have a heart or a spirit. The The mind is also called the soul, and that's where you make your decisions. And the flesh is always warring against the mind. It doesn't war against the heart so much. The Bible says it wars against the mind. Why does it war against the mind? Because it's trying to win the decision. When you decide, hmm, do I want to get into it with this person or not? And you decide to go to war with them, you want to fight with them. Well, you made a bad decision Mm -hmm. because you listened to the members. You listened to the flesh that says, hey, I want my pleasure. And that was another key element you said in your verse was about pleasure. It's about so you can spend it on your pleasures. Right. So people are willing to argue and fight tooth and nail to get what I want for me. Mm -hmm. And it comes from the flesh. And friends, we've got to learn to consider the heart. What if you're, especially if you're a believer, I'd say almost only if you're a believer and you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you in your inward man, in your inner man, you should delight in God's law, what God's word says. And when you have somebody pressing your buttons trying to provoke you into an argument, don't Mm -hmm. engage the argument. You need to counter them with a biblical God's word basis instead of going to war with them. Because I'll tell you, Christian, Christian, If you fight with people, you're going to lose. You're not going to win. Oh, no, but I got Jesus. No, 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 wait a minute. If you go into, quote, argument, as in the hostile fighting kind of argument, you're going to lose because you are speaking Satan's language with a person who is more proficient in that language than you are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to lose. And a key verse I want to go in to follow you up with, Mike, is First Corinthians 4 and 20. I give this one to people that want to fight and argue and fight and argue, even they even when I say I'm wanting to fight and argue about the Bible, which you should not do first corinthians four twenty says, For the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. Hmm. It's not about words yapping you know going at it with each other. It's about power, so talking endlessly
0: about things of philosophy and things of the mind. That
1: is not what it's talking about. Right, because everybody has their own viewpoint on something. Well, mm-hmm. I see it this way. Well, I see it that way. Blah, 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 blah. And then that's where the fight goes on. Well, right. it's, it doesn't get anywhere. You should not do that. Now, I know that it says in the Bible that Paul debated the scriptures. It, it, that was meaning he they were asking questions, and he countered and said, well, look, here's why. Okay, but when it gets to the point of argument, contention, angry, I'm right and you're wrong and I'm going to mm. make you see it my way, which is what we do today. That is where it becomes very useless. It's not about talk. It's about power. Well, well, Ray, what, what should I do though? If I'm not supposed to talk, what, what does this mean? Basically, and we talked about this the other day, Mike. Right. I, uh, we pre decided we're already going to say this. Uh-huh. When it comes to an argument, there's one thing you should do. Shut. God up Um, (laughs) you know there's a time it
0: says in ecclesiastes chapter three there's a time for everything under the sun there's a time to embrace there's a time to receive to to um resist embracing and and so on but one of the things that also includes is there's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent and in our day and in slang we would say there's a time to shut up exactly
1: (laughs) You know there's a lot of people, and here's where I think we were talking about the cause. You were talking about what's the cause of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was in radio if I had a a guy he was talking on a radio to somebody else in town, he goes, "Ray, I can't hear the guy. Well, I don't know if it's the antenna. I don't know if it's his the speaker in his uh in his on his radio system, it could be the microphone on the other guy he's trying to talk to. I don't know. I've got to find the cause of it. I can't just tell him, replace the speaker and expect that to fix it. It may be three or four other things. It could be a bad voltage feeding his radio, making the radio go squirrely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You've got to find the cause. You've got to troubleshoot and find out the cause. Most people are not willing to troubleshoot themselves and mm-hmm. determine what is the cause. Why am I always fighting with people? They're quick to just blame somebody else. Well, that guy's a jerk. Well, she's a nutcase. Well, mm-hmm. my ex is a psycho. And you just blame it all on them. But really should look at yourself. Uh, what I have found, Mike, is an, uh, a major reason why a lot of people will argue with me is because they're defeated. They mm-hmm. are defeated at home. They have a bad marriage. They feel like they're ganged up on. They feel like they're the only guy that, that thinks the way he does and everybody's out to get them. And so they feel like they need a victory. Mm. They feel, I'm losing. I always lose at everything. And so they go to their other friends and coworkers, and they fight with them, because if I can beat them, then now I've got a victory. I won somewhere. People like this need to remember your victory is in Jesus Christ. Even if you're outnumbered, your victory is in the Lord. And I think if you'll recognize that your victory is in Jesus That will eliminate a lot of people's need to feel like they have to argue so much. And, you know, you brought a thought to mind with what
0: you're just explaining to uh, our listeners. And I think one of the core reasons that we see, even Christians, that get into these arguments to defend what they're talking about is because there's a fear, a fear of loss, a fear of defeat, a fear of a loss of control of themselves. And how many times all of you that are listening, have you felt like, I have no control, I have no way of, you know, being secure in what I have and what I am and what I think. But like Ray was just mentioning, when when we, by faith, walk in the love and the victory of Jesus Christ, it says that love perfected casts out all fear. And then with that, you have a sense of, I don't have to defend myself.
1: The no, Lord you is on
0: my side. Right. That person can call me what they want. They and it can doesn't di- matter. They can disagree with me all day long, but I'm secure in the Lord. It doesn't change the fact that G- Jesus accepts me like I am and forgave me like I am, and I am secure in
1: him. Christian, here's something I can help you with. Know who you are. Know who you are according to what God says you are, right. according to who God says you are. Mike, I have over my shoulder behind me a little, uh, some tiles uh, from Scrabble tiles on the little stand, you know, when you play the game. Uh And what does it say, Mike? It says a son of God. And I saw that in a store one day and it really hit me at a time when I really needed it. I believe Mm -hmm. the Lord had somebody put it there right when I Mm -hmm. needed to find it. I was in an antique store. They were selling Scrabble tiles for 25 cents a piece. Mm -hmm. Who would pay a ridiculous price like that? Well, apparently I would because Mm -hmm. I saw, (laughs) I saw a son of God set up on the, on this, on the Mm -hmm. tile stand. And I thought, I, I got to have that. And I paid Mm -hmm. 25 cents a tile and bought the stand because it meant something to me. It was a real key moment in my life. And so I know who I am. And God's word says, I'm a son of God. Christian, you are a son of God. Mm -hmm. You're not the only begotten son of God, but you are a son of God. You become a child of God. You become his son or his daughter. You become his. Know that. And know your victories in Jesus. You don't have to go to war with people. You don't have to fight them. That battle is the Lord's. You don't have to deal with that. We'll be talking about that in a minute. But what we're up front here is we want to ask everybody to troubleshoot. Why do you get in arguments with people? It's ungodly. It doesn't help anything. And I want to go into first Timothy uh two and eight here real quick, where it's addressed to the men and women of the church, okay? Christian, if you're in the body of believers, you have given yourself to Messiah Jesus. Here's what has been said in 1 Timothy 2 and 8. It says, I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Okay, no wrath, no doubting, guys, okay? When you find yourself pressuring up, boiling up, and believe me, I understand. I'm I'm that guy, too. I have to remember, put your hands up in the air and pray. Praise the Lord and get get right with God, or you're going to fall back into enmity. You said that earlier. Right. This kind of hostility is enmity with God. That means you are an enemy of God. Well, I'm not an enemy of God. I'm saved. When you react according to the members, the sin nature provoking you to wrath and argument and fighting with everybody, that becomes an enemy of God.
0: And the question would arise, and uh, as I'm listening to you, so I'm sure probably there's some on the radio too that are thinking, well, I've done that, right? Matter of fact, I did that. Today or yesterday, what do I do when you do mess up, when you do get in that argument, when you do react in the flesh? Mm.
1: What do you do from there? You go back to the person and say, hey, brother, look, I'm sorry I popped and I'm sorry Mm. I kind of blew my gasket and I need you to forgive me. And you reconcile it out really quick, even Mm -hmm. if they're still fuming at you over whatever it was you said. Mm -hmm. Mike, I had to do that one time. I got into it with a coworker that I used to work with long before I was in ministry. Disclaimer. Uh, (laughs) Before I was in ministry, and I we both blew up. Now, in my mind, he blew up 10 times worse than I did. So I felt uh, I don't have to apologize to him. He did Mm -hmm. most of the damage. But in his mind, I did most of the damage. And I thought, you know, I don't care about the scale. I went to him and I said, I'm sorry for what I said. Now, I could have sat there and said, now you apologize for yours. Come on, cough it up. No, I didn't do that. Right. When you do this, you put all your cards on the table. You expose yourself. You make Mm -hmm. yourself transparent. You put it all out and then you leave it to God, whether they return it or not.
0: Yeah, and I think there's another aspect too. we need to be sure to be mindful of is that sometimes the enemy will take that guilt, will take that sense of, oh, man, I just to where you won't speak the gospel to somebody anymore. You won't share the love of Christ anymore. Confessing it before the Lord quickly and repenting quickly of it is very critical too. To realize that it came from the pride in your heart or defense of some area in your life because of fear or loss of something. You're defending it, not trusting God to confess it to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry for not trusting you. I'm sorry for reacting out of my own selfish pride. Please forgive me and help me practice. And this is one of the fruits of the spirit. We haven't,
1: that that verse, but it says one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control, which is very lacking these days. You know, when your house catches on fire, you don't Mm -hmm. sit around and think about it. Well, I don't feel like doing anything about it right now. No, you extinguish it really quick Mm -hmm. with a fire extinguisher. And so when you when you let something get out of you and it catches fire on somebody Mm -hmm. else, you need to extinguish it really, really fast. And you need to extinguish it quickly before it burns them up as well as you. With confession, hit them with the fire extinguisher of confession and ask forgiveness for it. I'm sorry, what I did. It it really helps clean up a lot of damage before it gets out of hand.
0: And that repent, quick repentance does another thing that you kind of bring it up in that process. It takes away the time for that thing to grow like a cancer. Don't let it fester. Don't let it fester. The longer you let it fester, the longer you let it brood and bounce between two people. That sin will um, gladly grow and become death. A form of death, whether it's a relationship or, or uh, you know, whatever. Positive attitude, it kills a lot of things.
1: It'll get so big, it'll be mm-hmm. much harder to deal with, right. and then it will become evident even to unbelievers who are watching you. I've got Jesus, and they'll be like, "Yeah, right. Look at you. Yeah, don't let it get that mm-hmm. bad." Right. First Timothy two and fourteen, it says this of of us. It says, "Remind them of these things." So, friends, I'm being reminded, and I hope this reminds you. Remind them of these things charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearer. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun means avoid them, don't have anything to do with them, shun profane and idle babblings. For they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Mike, we were just talking about that. (laughs) Yes. Avoid this stuff. It gets out of hand. Mm -hmm. Now, the main thing I see in here, the main thing I see in here is it says to avoid these arguments that produce no profit. You know, if I would ask anybody, would you get up in the morning at 4 a.m., drive an hour and a half to a construction site, work in the hot sun all day, Bake yourself and wear yourself out and come home and get no paycheck. Would you do that? No, no, I wouldn't either. okay. <laughs> you need to be paying me for it, friends. Right. Don't get into these effort sapping energy draining discussions with people that give you no that make no profit right? No profit for you, no profit mm-hmm. to them either. If, if it's not going to do anything, don't do it. I mean, we wouldn't go to the construction site, and it also says it's to the ruin of the hearer hmm. Christian. I know you mean well, and I know you're trying to convey an idea, but when you get into the babbling version of it, the back and forth, they're not, they're not bending and you're not either. It's going to produce ungodly cancer. It's going to increase the damage and it's going to ruin, not help, Mike, it's going to ruin right. the person you're trying to talk to. I think of one of the stories in the scriptures in the
0: new Testament where the rich young ruler came to our Lord and he says, Lord, what must I do to inherit king, uh, eternal life? So he begins to explain to him what he must do, honor your mother and father, and do all these things. And he says, well, I've done these since my youth. But then he says, you also must go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Because he was selfish. Because he was selfish. He, he kind of, you know, the, the thought is that he you know became downcast and walked away and left. The thing I was going to say is that Jesus didn't argue with him and try to chase after him and convince him with endless talk. He told him the truth. He
1: presented it to him and he left it at that. The man walked away. He made a decision. Nope. Don't want this. I'm out Mm -hmm. of here. Right. Okay. Well, you got to realize Jesus was on a mission. He was Mm -hmm. headed to Jerusalem. He was going there to die for the salvation of the entire world Mm -hmm. for you and me. He didn't stop the whole caravan and go, no, okay, everybody stop. I'll get to – I'll die on the cross late, I guess. Let me go after this one guy. Oh, Jesus would leave the 99 to save the one. Yes, he would. But once they make their decision, I'm not having it, then that's their decision. And the point is he didn't take the time to endlessly argue. Round Uh, and round.
0: Right, like we're talking about right now. That's the whole point of this, that he didn't go into this long
1: intellectual debate and yelling at him. Why, why won't you give up your riches? And he didn't do that. It would have damaged the hero right. as we just, you know, he was already decided mm-hmm. my riches are more important than you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep that instead of you. And he right. left. The man decided he turned left. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sure it could be like unwritten in the text that maybe Jesus was heartbroken. Right. That Jesus said, well, hang on, can I, can I, you know, but the man made his decision that the finality of the story is that he took off. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Right. Okay. Jesus didn't go beat it into him. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's never going to do Jesus is a perfect gentleman. He's never going to intrude upon where he's not invited. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that's, yes, that's a good passage right there. And and Christian, I know you've got friends that you want to see saved. And I know you've got friends that are living some tough times and you Mm want to see them get delivered of it, but you can't beat it into them. And and it's a shame that today our culture is so inundated in a argumentative lifestyle that it makes everybody like that. So here's what I say. Be different. Speak Mm -hmm. a different language to them, because if you talk argument, they've already heard it at home. They've already heard it in a bad upbringing. They've already heard it from abuse. They hear it on the news. They don't want any more of it. Give them something different. Don't give it to them like that, and maybe it will help the hearer. And this leads to Exodus 14 and 14, where when we said, shut up, okay, yeah. here's another way, nicer way of putting it, okay? Uh, somebody was about to get, go to war, and it says, Exodus fourteen fourteen. here's the advice he was given. It says, the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Mm-hmm. Shut up. I'm sorry to put it that way, but I think I have to say it in a blunt term. Be quiet. If it gets to that, just shut your mouth. It's not working at that point.
0: You know there's a uh back to Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. The time to be ruthless is to be ruthless with sin. With sin. Why? Because sin leads to what? Death Death. Death. Yeah. So why would you not do that? If someone invades your home, we're we're both husbands and, and fathers. If an intruder broken our house, and was there to not only steal our goods, but threaten our family, is that the time to be, oh, please don't hurt me? That's the time to be ruthless. That's the time to grab whatever you can right. and defend your family. Same thing with sin. When sin is in our lives, we should, according to the Lord's command, be ruthless with it.
1: He said, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. If your hand causes you to mm-hmm. sin, chop it off. And he didn't just say, chop it off. He said... Or gouge it out. He said, gouge them, chop them, and throw them away. Right. In other words, get as much distance between you and what's causing you to sin as possible. What Mm -hmm. Jesus was meaning when he said that was be as ruthless with sin as you have to, Mm -hmm. to get it out of your life. And when you've got, okay, Christian, we're going back to the core of the cause of things. If you're going to war and fighting with people about the Bible, you mean well. You're trying to tell them the Bible, but you're fighting it into them. You need to pause and get away from them for a minute, and you need to go self-reflect. You need to ask the Lord, Lord, review me and see what's wrong with me. Because I'm telling you, Christian, you've got a sin issue in your life that is projecting itself out, even when you try to tell people about the gospel, and it's not going to work. You're going to turn people off. You're going to damage the hearer. And when we do that, if you realize you're doing that, you got to recognize why you're doing it. Right. Mike, you mentioned earlier about the members. The, yes, the members cause the war. Mm-hmm. I want to read to you from Galatians 519. It says, now the works of the flesh, Christian, get this. I want you to hear this. The works of what? The flesh. The works of the flesh are evident, which are, and here's a whole list, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. Ah, here we go. Contentions. This is part of the argument we're getting out when you get contentious with somebody. Jealousies. mm Outbursts that can arguments definitely go to outbursts. Okay, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions. Argument will cause dissension, uh, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wait a minute. So not just a matter of being a bad christian but not being a christian at all if we practice those if things if you practice those things mike it scares me and i know we've talked about it before the matthew seven twenty-one mm-hmm. area of the bible right. everybody that they think they're saved and they're not and mm-hmm. they're going to appear before jesus he's going to say depart from me and they're going to say Whoa, well wait a minute wait a minute didn't we do all this stuff didn't we go tell people about the gospel and mm-hmm. and it's going to be like wait a minute In your mind, you thought you were telling people about the gospel, but all you were really doing was you were beating them to death over the head and you were hurting them and they didn't respond well to it. So they fought back Mm -hmm. and they put their force field up and nothing can ever get through to them ever again. And also, Christian, when you fight the gospel, you fight the Bible into people. What it does is it turns them off from even wanting to listen even to me Mm -hmm. or to Mike. They're shut off to all. Christians, I've mm-hmm. heard people don't preach at me because somebody came and tried to plow it into them because they had a sin issue at their core. They wouldn't deal with it. And they reacted by the works of the flesh. They didn't listen to the inward Holy Spirit, inward man. And it says in Galatians five nineteen, it says the works of the flesh are evident. Mm-hmm. That means it doesn't take a trained believer to spot it. Anybody can right. see this. And we're not talking about a one-time mistake.
0: No, we're Every, talking about a repeated practicing. Right. And I just we just want to be clear on that because some people say, well, you want Christians to be perfect in everything they do. Well, as much as possible, yes. Oh, and we've but, already addressed that. When right. you slip
1: up, go apologize. Uh, right?
0: Yeah. Confess, repent, apologize
1: if the opportunity presents itself, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to practice self-control. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Friend, you've got to understand, if you really loved that person... Talk to them as though you love them. Well, I don't love them. Well, there's your problem. Mm-hmm. Boom, right there. That's the top commandment of the whole thing. You got to love people. Don't feel like, well, I got to tell people the gospel, and or uh, you know, Mike, I've actually seen people share the gospel to try to fix somebody that they thought was messed up, and they're, I'm going to fix that person. I'm going to give them the gospel, and if that don't fix them, I don't know what. They need <laughs> to get fixed, and I'm tired of it. No, 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 no. You're that's the flesh. Mm-hmm. That's the flesh trying to. I'm going to fix you, Mike. If I tried to fix you. Mike, I don't like the color of your hair. I'm going to fix you, and I'm going to use the Bible. How are you going to respond to that? Probably not very well. I'm going to, what is this guy getting at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't, it's threatening. Right. It doesn't look loving. Mm-hmm. Mike, how do you think we ought to show people that Jesus is loving? Well,
0: you know, hopefully we will give them the sense of mercy, respect, and love that the Lord gave us. What drew us in the first place? That a holy creator loved me so much that he gave his son for me, showed me mercy while I was a mess, lost as a goose, hopeless, empty, he still offered me true life, true love, and eternal life with him. And a chance to be in heaven like we talked last time. That just blows our mind that he's creating a place for us individually. We should offer that same mercy to them. Now, there's, again, there's a time for everything. There's a time for correction and speaking the truth, especially if they're open. But overall, what's going to draw people to repentance? The kindness of the Lord. It says, it says the mercy of the Lord draws us to repentance. It's not the fear of the law. That may open your eyes and make you go, hey, I don't want to go there. But what's going to draw you towards the love of God? His mercy. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we as Christians... Don't display that sense of mercy and kindness to him, uh, to people. They're not going to draw them. Now, I'm not talking about mushy grace that says, oh, everything is okay. God accepts you the way you are. You don't have to Flowers and rainbows, yeah. sunshine. There isn't, like you said, like you uh, teach, Ray, there is no uh, unrepentant salvation. Salvation brings change and it brings repentance. That's a whole other topic. But m- basically, drawing them to the Lord and showing them that acceptance in the Lord to walk with them and help them walk in the ways of the Lord.
1: It needs to be attractive. And when I say attractive, don't don't gloss over the repentance and the sin part. Keep that up front. But what's going to be attractive to them is how joy is in your life. Right. People see a person that's happy. and I mean, beyond happy. Joy, I think, is a deeper happiness right. than just happy. It's mm-hmm. joy. And they see that they're going to want it. If you're running around starting fights with everybody everywhere, you're obliterating every relationship you've ever had. And you're always ticked off at the world and mad about this and that. Who's going to listen to you? Mm -hmm. I've got the joy of Jesus and I think you need it. (laughs) They're not going to follow that. It's not going to work. And, you know, sometimes too. When you're throwing your best stuff out to uh, okay, I, Mike, I'm on this program where I'm dropping a lot of weight, okay, mm-hmm. and I have these these bars that I that I take and I mm-hmm. have to eat five times a day, and these bars cost like two bucks a piece or something, and and <clears throat> they're very good, but they're very beneficial, right? Now when I sit down to eat them, mm-hmm. my dog Rascal, mm-hmm. oh he he said <laughs> oh, oh, he wants he wants whatever I'm eating, uh-huh. but it's not for him, right? It's for me. Mm -hmm. It's not going to do him any good. Okay, those are not for him. And I always tell him these are not for you. (laughs) These are for me. (laughs) I go get him a milk bone or something. The milk bone's not for me. But I want to show you Matthew seven six. Friends, it says, "Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces." Mm -hmm. There's times when you're trying to. Share the gospel. They don't want it. It becomes an argument. That's the time to stop throwing it out there because you're just ticking them off. Mm-hmm. This goes back to the shut up thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you throw in front of them what they're not wanting, what is not right for them yet. Well, the gospel is right for everybody. Right? I, I understand that. But if your your method is not getting through to them, you know what's going to happen? They're going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And if you back them up into a wall, into a corner. And you try to, you're going to get this gospel and I'm going to make you see it. Friend, let me tell you, you're the one that's going to get hurt. Mm. You're going to go home upset. I can't believe they didn't listen to me. What can I do? And you're going to stew on them all night. And friend, whoever runs around in your head all night owns you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jesus should be running around in your head all night. There comes a time like with the the rich young ruler that would not listen. You got to, you got to let them go. Right, And let the Lord work on them, and then maybe they'll come back. But don't cast your pearl before before swine. It's not for them.
0: You know, it's the Holy Spirit's work to draw us. You know, we are there to be living examples and hopefully light in the world, like we just mentioned a moment ago, the kindness, the love, and to open our mouths when the opportunity presents itself. But the actual working of the heart and conviction of sin is the work of God's Word and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Uh, I've got a few verses I want to get to here. Uh, Proverbs twenty six and four. It says, "Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you'll be just like him." Answer a fool according to his folly, and he, lest he will be wise in his own eyes. So, if a fool, the guy that's mocking God's word, he wants to fight. And let let's say, uh, okay, Ray, I realize the error of my ways. I need to stop fighting like this. Okay. Thank you for this podcast. I'm going to clean that up, and now I'm going to track right. Thank God we got through Mm -hmm. to you, okay? But you go to the next guy, and he fires back at you. Bam! He's ready to fight. Be patient and stay working with him, but don't turn and answer him the way he talked to you. Mm -hmm. Because if you come to him with love and kindness and patience and a a calm voice— And he fires at you, and you fire back. Well, now you just answered a fool according to his fault, according to his error. And when that happens, you'll end up just like him. Right. And not only will you be just like him, but when you answer the way he fires back, then you just made him think he's wise. Look, Mm -hmm. I got him. I got him. I own him now. And he's going to run you. He's going to stomp on you. And it doesn't lead
0: to life. It doesn't. It just goes in a vicious circle of trying to fulfill, again, that prideful heart that one or the both have to be right, to defend something that's not of the word of God, or even if it is because I'm right, because I know the word of God, and that's prideful in the word of God, even like you're saying,
1: it's back to the issue of pride. I've known people that knew the Bible inside and out, Mm -hmm. and they could argue anybody to the ground, Mm -hmm. and they could even use scripture to do it. Mm-hmm. But they had no love mm-hmm. in what they were saying. And you they had somebody come up to them with a question and they would theologically and scripturally just debate them down to nothing. Mm-hmm. But the person was still turned off because they didn't love them. Friends, we gotta love people. The flip side to what we're speaking against, we're speaking against arguing, the flip side to that is loving them. Right. Titus 3 9 says, avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, strivings about the law for they are unprofitable and, hear this, guys, useless. Hmm. They are useless. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. Hmm. There are warped people out there, Mike. I was definitely one of them. So I know how, I know how they think right? because the Lord saved me from that. But the warpedness wants to fight. Mm-hmm. The warpness wants to defeat people because they are they feel defeated and the best way for them to feel better about themselves, the best way to feel wise in their own eyes is to beat somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if you go to bible war with them and they're going to beat you, you're not helping. Doesn't do any good. You know, Mike, you and I both had a argument with God at one time, didn't we? Yeah. What was that? Um what was, was that argument? That whether we needed him or not. Yeah. Part of it, at least. And it was a sin problem. Mm -hmm. It was, I'm better. I can fix this myself. I'm Mm -hmm. good enough on my own. And the Lord humbled me. It was harsh and Mm -hmm. it hurt. But I'm thankful he did it because where I was headed would hurt even worse. Mm -hmm. And he drew me into himself. Father God drew drew me into Jesus and my foolish dispute with God. That I had with him, the Mm. enmity I had with God, the hostility, the differences I had with God is gone because Jesus stepped in between me and father God and he reconciled us back together. But for us to be reconciled because God was right and I was wrong, Hmm. I was the one that needed to change, not God. Right? Jesus reconciled me back to God. He did not reconcile God back to me. I was reconciled back to God Mm. and that was all done at the cross. My argument with God has been satisfied and done away with, and now I'm at peace with the Lord. And Mike, I pray that the people listening to us, if there is a cause in them, if there's something in them that's driving them to constant contention and argument, then I pray from the scriptures they heard today. They realize, I need to get right with the Lord God, and they need to settle their own argument with God. Mike, can you tell people how they can settle their differences with God today?
0: Uh, I would be uh, happy to. You know, we in our society get so anxious about so many things. Um, It seems almost too simple that if you would just confess your need for Jesus Christ, your need for his forgiveness, and to simply place your faith and trust not only in his forgiveness to pay all your sins, but that you could be living eternally with him, It sounds like a fairy tale to the mind. And like, what are you talking about? But to think that he would go so far to restore the relationship with us by sending the payment for the debt that we had against him through his son Jesus on the cross. But it didn't end there. He both was crucified to pay the debt of our sins. He was buried. And by the power of his grace, he rose again. And is seated at the right hand of the Father, sent us the Helper, sealed us, and is returning again. But by placing your faith in that gospel story, that gospel truth, that is the beginning of a relationship. Some places in the scriptures, um, I think Jesus told one of the uh, rabbis, he said, you must be born again. It's going from spiritual death to spiritual life. And it's not some hokey New Age type thing. It is the actual restoration of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ coming into your spirit and making you alive again.
1: And you said born again. That was born again of the spirit, not the flesh. Nicodemus had a hard time understanding that. (laughs) Guys, your flesh already blew it, okay? We talked about the acts of the the warring of the flesh. It's evident. People see it all in this guy's Mm -hmm. a jerk, you know. The flesh will make you do stupid things. It'll make you fight. Your flesh isn't born again. Your flesh already bombed it. It's already Mm -hmm. ruined its shot. It's not going to heaven. Your spirit will okay, and I you know something I was just thinking about when you were sharing that just now is I remembered a guy I was a friend I was talking to. He had a problem with his father. His father is a Christian, and he's always telling him, "Son, you need to get saved. You need to get saved." But because they have contention with each other, they're always fighting and arguing. The son hears dad say, "Son, you need to get saved," mm-hmm. and it's an offensive thing to him, and he just blocks it. Okay, friend. Those of you listening to me, I want to propose something to you. Remove every other person out of the equation. Remove anybody out that has ever, okay, I know a lot of people have told you you need to be saved and all that, and you didn't respond to it well, or maybe your uncle was offended by something a pastor said a long time ago, and it hurt him, and you decided I've had it with all Christians. Okay, this is between you and God right now, okay? Let me just put this between you and the Lord. I'm just talking. Don't don't even include me in it. This is between you and the Lord alone. Take everybody else out and understand God loves you. He wants to be with you, but we have a problem. We have a filth problem called sin, and he wants to clean you up, but he can't clean you up if you won't get out of the pig pen. You need to repent of your sin and turn from it and come to Jesus and let him clean you by what he has done for us on the cross. He paid your way. And so take everybody else out of the equation. Take mean old dad or my angry friend or something that, that some Christian guy jumped all over him and offended him. Maybe he wasn't even a real Christian, okay? Don't base this on people. Base this on the holiness and total, full righteousness of God. And realize, pray with me, I have sinned, Lord God. Forgive me. I'm sorry. This is between you and the Lord only, okay? Keep it between Him and you and him. Forgive me. I give you my life. Take it. Jesus, you are now my Lord. Thank you for eternal life. I want to follow you. I'm tired of following my old life. I'm tired of my old life. Give me another one. He will give him your life in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Mike, do you think anybody who prayed that and believed it will be saved? Yes. Do you have any last thoughts you want to give everybody real quick before we close?
0: Well, for those of you who are leaning towards placing your trust in Jesus Christ, you will not regret it. Um, He will not let you down. He is faithful to his word and his promises. He doesn't promise a trouble-free life, but he does promise to be with you for now and for the rest of eternity.
1: You know, a lot of people feel let down by so many things. The Lord will never let them down, will he? No. He'll never forsake them. He'll never leave them. Mike, I take comfort in that. Me too. Friend, take comfort in the Lord. Take comfort in the Lord. Take comfort in the Lord. You don't need to go to war with people. Let the Lord deal with that. You just need to be an obedient speaker. And if their shields go up, then get off. Let God deal with them. They'll come back around. then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.
0: You'll be set for